Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Hello, Ed. Hello, Brett. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. That was a different intro than I'd usually have. (laughs) A bit too polite and civilised. Hello. Oh, hello there. Hello. Oh. Well... What have you been up to? I've been to a christening today. Hmm. I'm now a godfather. Oh. Yeah. Well, well bloody hell. I know. Yeah. It's an it's interesting day. Um, yeah. My, well, he, he's my nephew anyway. Um, but uh, I and Alex were both asked to be godparents. So, yeah, his little christening was today. And then we went for... Not the usual kind of sit down buffet, so well, but like a you know, like a buffet or, or whatever afterwards. Um, she took us all for a Sunday lunch. Oh, that's so, lovely, yeah. So there was, um, there were about 35 of us, went to a really nice place for, for Sunday lunch. So, so yeah, took 35 yeah. people for Sunday lunch. Mm-hmm. You can tell somebody's just sold the house, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you the type of godparent, or will you be the type of godparent that basically is in name only, or will you actually take the duties on? properly I'm not suggesting obviously that you have to look after the child um but like pray for them every week and... well no but just you know take more responsibility in their lives i i think i well the thing is she's kind of like shot self short really because um i'm wrong i'm, I'm his uncle anyway so i do you know anything for him anyway so um yeah, yeah so i suppose so as we were, we were talking today though we were saying like one of my my, so I've got three godparents. One of them I haven't seen since I was about ten because he lives in Ireland. Uh, the other one's my auntie, and then the other one um, I sort of see, I, he, like he lives in the same town and everything. I sort of I, I generally don't see him as much just because I'm older and I've moved away and everything. But he's always been very present throughout throughout my life anyway. So hmm. um, well, so here's, yeah. Here's something I don't even know who my godparents are. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So she was saying she'd rather pick family over friends my uh sister wasn't that so just because you know then they're going to stay around don't you so i've also just realized i've said something really dumb then you don't know you got that yeah and it may say it may not sound like a dumb thing to say to external people or people outside of my family but the reason it's dumb is because i suddenly realized i know why i don't know who my godparents are I've never been christened. I was going to say, of course. What a silly thing to say. I was about, I don't know who my godparents are. Uh, um, the reason why Alex got asked was because uh, the, one of the women that my sister wanted as the godparent, uh, she hasn't been baptized, so she couldn't be a godparent. Um, well, yeah. I, I, I had to go visit. So, before I go too far ahead of myself, I am actually a godfather of someone, um, albeit. It's a shame. It's a bit like what you're describing, really. Now, I haven't seen them in a f- six, maybe seven years, maybe yeah. once in that time period, mainly because um, one of my really good friends who I used to see a lot and obviously was asked to be godparent, I just don't see as much anymore. I might only see a couple of times a year, just life mm. circumstances, really. Um, we are still friends, just just don't see as much of each other anymore. But anyway, so yeah, um, when I was asked, I also had the same issue in that I've never been christened, so I was supposedly supposed to be christened but the local uh minister no minister reverend vicar i don't know whatever you would describe them as they um just made me attend like church a couple of times and just kind of speak to me and then they basically agreed to do it so 
Fair I, was, enough. I was never going to be christened, especially as an adult. Jesus Christ. A bit awkward. Well, at Jesus least Christ! <laughs> at least you wouldn't have to worry about get, yeah, getting wet. No, so. we, we had hair at the time, thank you very much. Oh, sorry. And lots of it. <laughs> I had a full-on mullet, actually. Did you really? Yes. Yeah, that, was... <laughs> that was probably circa 2007, I'm going to say. Um, long time ago, mullets were fashionable then still um, maybe in like 87 no they were fashionable they, they in the early 2000s to mid 2000s so 2007 just about scraped it um they were pretty fashionable so you know that's where you had like that spiky top sweep over mullety down the side oh you're on about the lesbian haircut kind of yeah <laughs> yeah so it weren't like a full-on hillbilly mullet but yeah, I suppose you could call it a lesbian haircut. <laughs> the lesbian mullet. I'm going to try and see if I can find any old pictures of it. You yeah, carry on talking do. while I do this. I've uh, I, I, I've seen pictures of you with hair, and when we first started um, doing this, you had a more, more hair than you've got now. It's a bit longer, basically. Um, Alex did pick up on the fact that my hairline has ever so slightly started Oosh. feeding. Oosh! And it all um, starts from this age. I know, I know. But luckily, well, luckily I haven't got my dad's hair because he was bald by 21. Um, and obviously now 26, I've still got a full head of hair. Mm. Um, albeit the sides are moving back just that little bit. Um, yeah, well, I think early to mid-20s is when it starts to go. And if you've still got your hair by your 30, you're probably going to be okay. But... Mm. It, yeah, if if it starts going and it gets worse and worse from now on, mate, you're gonna look like me when you're my age. Yeah, so I can't even grow a decent beard either. So I'm literally just gonna be like looking like a like a like the white ball on the pool table. You are going to be struggling. Um, do you know? Have you ever looked back for your old Facebook photo um, profile <laughs> pictures? Yeah, you just like get random X's. So, yeah, well, yeah, that that too. But I've got so many of them. Oh, actually, maybe I didn't have a mullet at that time. I'm going to take it back. Look at that. You look a bit like Shane Nugent. Shane? Whoa, he looks like Quentin Tarantino. How fucking dare you? <laughs> you do a little bit. No, I do not. I look like maybe a more handsome version. Uh, <laughs> that was obviously at the christening, so I did yeah, not yeah. have a mullet at that time. No, so I'm you going to take it quite... back. I lied. Yeah, you actually look quite you know, all right there. That was still slightly spiky lesbian cut, but not necessarily a mullet. Look at that. What is that? Okay, now that's the lesbian cut, yeah. That's, um, I've been given a brush and a hairdryer for my birthday, and I'm going to maximise the use. <laughs> what I've suddenly realised is this this kind of talking about photos and what I look like does not really work on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. No one can see You need it. a, okay, the thumbnail needs to be a collage of these photos. Oh dear, that okay. may take too much time. I literally have not changed. I could go back to my... I know exactly what my very first Facebook photo uh, profile picture is. It's a picture of me hugging a, a friend at the time. Um, and... Like, literally, my hair has not changed since. Um, I've always had it kind of tweaked over a little bit at the front and up at the front, and, and that's about it. And that, I don't think that's changed since I was about 12. So I'm probably due a makeover sometime. Um uh, <laughs> but to work for me for the last uh, however many years that is 14 years I mean I'm trying to you can't really see I mean look how long the back of the, that mullet is oh yeah yeah nice that's like collar touching and everything it is like it's, 
honestly, I reckon it was probably like I don't know what how how big is that six inches? Lol. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. Hey, <laughs> six inches. No, seriously, it's probably for the, like for the listener. He um, basically stuck his thumb up and uh, said it was six inches. <laughs> uh, At least I think it was his thumb. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Uh, yeah, you never know. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so um, cut long story short, I did have a mullet at some point. Maybe it wasn't as as late as that, as I say. Not but, quite um, so hillbilly. No, but some of these profile pictures are fucking terrible. Really terrible. Um, but I'm sure flicking through your terrible Facebook. Is that Facebook. what I'm doing? <laughs> well, not with the action. I can just see a bit of shoulder jerking and uh, some funny faces being pulled. Uh, so Alex asked me earlier on, she said, uh, we were watching um, the Unseen Bits from Love Island and uh, one of the questions came up saying, uh, have you have any, ever had any disaster dates? Um and she asked me whether I had, uh, and we both had a very similar story, actually. Um, but have you... Is that because it's the same date? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> it was the, your the, date. First date. <laughs> um, have you ever had a disaster date? Have I ever had a disaster date? <sighs> Do you know what? I don't think I have. No, same. Because no. I, I used to be the king of dates. That's all I can say. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <Lol>. <laughs> You've no, never been on a date. I've never been on a date. Um, mate, I've been on many dates. More dates than I should have done. Um, there is something behind that, but anyway. Uh, no, I can't think of any no, any any disaster dates I've had. Um, no, none. No, the um. The, the only the only kind of like remotely close thing that I I said uh, was uh, I was went on a, a first date with a girl and this was in my third year at uni and I had a couple of weeks or probably about a month where I was so so skint and um, I I had a credit card that I used to do my food shopping with and mum used to pay it off and. I tried to get cash back with it because I had no money in my debit account. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I could. This I think this was just as like places still had like a ten pound limit on you. You spend on card and stuff like that, so I couldn't really like go in using the card and stuff. Um, and I walked into a shop, tried to buy some chewing gum and get like twenty quid cash back on a credit card, and that was quite embarrassing. Um, so that could have been a disaster day. I think I managed to scrape together a tenner from somewhere and, uh, and went on the first date, and yeah. So. Oh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I've, we'll I've forgotten my wallet. Oh. <laughs> oh, but um, it brought about a story where uh, that girl, how I met the girl was, uh, this was probably the most like, not lad, but, you know, like kind of like cool thing I think I've ever done with a woman. Uh, <laughs> and, um, we were, I was in the library with like my sort of best mate at the time, still is a very good mate. And um, we were, we'd been studying all day and we've been all, in libraries. They have these really big tables uh, where you can get like 20 odd people around. And there was a girl sat not opposite, but kind of along and opposite. Um, and we'd clocked eyes a couple of times and we both agreed that she was, uh, she was a good looking girl. And um, normally yeah, these things, you walk out of the library and, you know, you never see them again. Um, we always say this, like you always see really fit people in the library and then you never, ever see them when you're drunk and got loads of confidence. Where are you, uh, you, go, where are you going with this? So I wrote down my number on a, like on the piece of paper that I had. And, um, and then as I walked out, I gave it to her and I was like, yeah. 
you know, this is uh, such a cool thing to do. Uh, I gave it to her, and she went, what is this? <laughs> she barely spoke a word of English. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I managed to go on a few dates with her anyway. But um, I guess she was Welsh. No, 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 she was French. Oh. Um, what French. is this? <laughs> <laughs> More German, I think, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, so um, I, I, that was proper. Or, yeah. or, or Polish. Yeah, yeah. Although, uh, although and, mate, sorry, go on. Alex had the same instance, but I told uh, you it's the same fucking date. Clearly, no, 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 no. But she got handed a napkin in KFC by somebody. <laughs> wow. That's, that, yeah. is, that is amazing. And she got so nervous and scared, she threw it in the bin. <laughs> I thought she got no, so nervous and scared, she chucked her gravy down him. <laughs> Just uh, dashed him with oh, it. Oh, gravy. Ooh. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure the listeners love that uh, story. Yeah, yeah. So. Only, only took you nine minutes to get it out. Well, you know, that's a record, nine minutes. <laughs> mm, I bet it is. <laughs> bans, bans, bans. Every week. Fucking hell. Um, right, okay. Anything else interesting to talk about that happened this week? Keep it succinct no i've had to dig deep like from like eight years ago there to get a story out so oh, right, okay how, how how is the um loose diet you know you're gonna rein it in for two weeks kind of thing been going have you started raining it in for two weeks uh yes unconvincing a bit a bit yeah so what progress have you made edward in this week i don't know i've not weighed myself so you don't know no. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. listeners are delighted to also hear that. <laughs> no, I, I haven't got any scales here, actually, so I can't really... Um, and I haven't noticed any physical changes in my body either, so... Okay, well... It's only been a week, so... It's only been a week, but you know, yeah. quite often that can be enough to just feel a little bit leaner, and a little bit well, lighter. Yeah, I had a client who started back with me after, for the third or fourth time, um, sort of just six months and then... I know who it is, I know who it is... <laughs> Um, and she lost, I can't remember what it was now. It was like a lot of pounds. It was like four pounds in a week. Um, I, that was, yeah. I suddenly realised, so we, I, I had a brief update on my uh, diet last week. And I realised I never actually mentioned how much weight I'd lost. Go on. Because I said I'd give you an update and I never actually said it. We just talked about my experience rather than what I lost. But um, 11 and a half pounds in less than three weeks. That's some good going. Yeah. That's some good going. Yeah. And to be honest, uh, barely even been kind of particularly difficult so yeah that's good that's good good. yeah i'm quite happy about i think i'm starting to feel a few more like hunger pangs now like it's starting to catch up a little bit Mm -hmm. but that is purely because i suppose i've gone in not not hard or not progressive but i have not um what am i trying to say edward basically i have under eaten compared to where I'd originally kind of thought I would sit based on hunger levels because I'm trying to be mindful, etc. So, yeah. So because I've been particularly, you know, not hungry, my appetite is not particularly there. I have probably under ate, and I think it's now starting to catch up a bit. Hence, the, you know, quite a good amount of weight loss in that time, as well. So yeah, it's the same with uh, the client mentioned. Um, we'd set so she's female, not male. Uh, she. We'd set uh, about thirteen hundred calories as kind of like a see where we go from there. And um, looking at my fitness power, she's been eating like nine hundred calories a day, so just out of choice because she's not been hungry and yeah. stuff. But, so, and that that isn't a bad thing. I mean, it's kind of similar to what I've done. So I set myself a target at two thousand, and I've been content around sixteen hundred most days. It's been the odd day I've been a bit more. I do also have a more maintenance level on Thursday when I do a lot more cardio. So it's more like two thousand five six hundred on that day. Yeah. Um, 
but you know I'm still averaging less than two thousand a day on those on those days. Um, but I think sometimes it's worthwhile, like because I've been content at like lo- quite low numbers really for a lot of those days. That why not ride the you know we said about last week? Why not ride that kind of progression or yeah. that that part of motivation while you can? Um, especially when you feel content and it isn't particularly difficult. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you've got to, you've got to. But at the same time, I suppose you get the downside of that where you might have put off the hunger pangs for longer if you did eat a bit more. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, that is what I said about maybe catching up a bit now. That could be that. But I don't know. I still think it's worthwhile, you know, kind of capitalizing on the success while you can. And, you know, even if it does or it might have meant, because you never know, even if it might have meant that, you know, you, your appetite and regulation and stuff will, will probably, like you say, not come as quick had you have eaten more mm. who knows but yeah yeah i think if you're an experienced dieter it's definitely something you can do but potentially if it's like your first ever diet or the first time you tried losing weight you do that and then um your maintenance level starts to to kind of creep up to what you're eating or creep yeah. down to what you're eating and then obviously you're losing less weight and instead of losing three pounds a week you're losing one pound a week which is still you know decent progress mm-hmm. but then in your head you're like oh this isn't working this isn't working and then you try and change your protocol or get really disheartened with it and stop or binge or anything like that whereas actually you're still making really good progress but you're just not making fantastic progress like you were no. before that's going in eyes open and just kind of being more like you say experienced i know mm-hmm. for well that i was going to capitalize have and have a solid three maybe four weeks but at some point i was going to have to start increasing the calories i'm consuming up to what i was kind of expecting to diet on a more longer term anyway yeah. so and that and then therefore i have to also expect that like you've just said my progress is not going to be as quick as it was the first three weeks not only because you're getting smaller and obviously you're going to get closer to plateaus anyway but you know as inevitably you eat more you're obviously less of a deficit so yeah i always find it interesting people's perceptions when starting a diet and i'm sure there's loads and loads of people who have started diets recently and you kind of almost want to say to people beforehand like what what do you they always ask me like what i'm what what would you expect me to lose and it's a bit of a hard question to answer really because some people lose a lot some people lose a little some people don't lose any uh in that first week or two um just kind of depends on what well, you're just finding your feet with it really aren't you so um and sometimes when you have clients who kind of might not necessarily have asked that question or you you might not have sort of set it's a bit i don't particularly like saying oh we should expect to see this loss because i do with some of the clients that i've had for you know every 12 months or so but um i don't particularly like doing it especially with new clients because if we don't lose that then oh well you're a shit coach and (laughs) um you would you kind of don't really want that but um what was i saying uh yeah so um Sometimes they're like, well, I, I've lost a, a pound and a half today, or I've lost a, you know, a, this week. Sorry, um, is that is that good? Um, and you're like, well, you know, how many pounds are you wanting to lose? Oh, ten pounds, right? Okay, but you've lost a, like over a pound already in your first week. Um, so, and you've you know budgeted twelve weeks, or whatever. Then, so is that good? Like, and they're like, oh yeah, no, it is. And, you know, um, so it's interesting people's perception on what they should lose, and they sometimes I think they think they should be losing like five or six pounds a week, and you're like, nah, unless you're going to chop off a toe and an arm and a leg and everything else, it's not going to happen. Yeah, everyone's context different. You know, everyone has different starting points. Everyone has different eating habits. Everyone has different, you know, individual circumstances that are going to determine how much weight you lose. You know, first off, on an ongoing basis, like if you basically eat low carb, low fiber, and you know, you're comparing yourself to someone else that has a very high carb, high fiber diet. Um, and then you both suddenly just, you know, 
even equate the same amount of calories, but you both then go on a diet. The person eating low carb, low fiber, is going to see less of initial, in air quotes, weight loss in the first week. Yep. Then obviously the other person, and obviously that can soon be, oh, that person's lost four pounds this week, and I've only lost half a pound. Sometimes the issue with the group stuff, I know, like when we've done um, like four week challenges and stuff like that, and where we've had ten or fifteen people in a group, and people are sharing their progress, and like, oh my god, first week I've lost you know a kilo or whatever, and then other people might not have lost that, and then and you get other people who've lost a bit more, and they're kind of then turning to you like why am i not losing as much as them and yeah there's just so many different facets to it yeah some um, some people just and i don't i don't think we even really necessarily know the, the actual mechanisms but a lot of people attribute to stress so let's just assume that's the case but like the stress response might mean oh well you know all of a sudden you're going to diet you're a bit highly stressed you, you might have other stress in your life and you might just hold on to retain some water despite being in a calorie deficit mm-hmm. and that might start masking some of the weight loss and in some cases it can be over and above the actual rate of weight loss you know you might hold more water than what you're actually losing in body fat so that's you putting on weight that can sometimes happen i mean look at you know we referred to him before but look at mike harrison in his prep a couple of years ago yeah. whatever it was yeah. when he what was it something like seven kilos he dropped yeah, after yeah, going yeah. on holiday and, and kind of eating he, he was dieting went on holiday eating at maintenance and he dropped something like seven might have been ten but some ridiculous like seven kilos say so it's like think, a, nearly a stone i think it was six kilos yeah. i think but that was after increasing what he was eating yeah, and going on holiday. And going on holiday. Like, yeah. you know, so less accuracy tracking, because obviously you can't, unless you, I don't think he took weighing scales, I'm assuming he didn't, but it's still, you don't know how things are cooked and stuff like that. So, and, you know, up in the amount he was eating, because he went on, you know, a maintenance period for a, for a week or was on holiday just to try and de-stress. And he lost weight. He lost fucking a stone. That's mm-hmm. outrageous. Yeah. Like, and obviously... Yeah. That 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 defies almost like logic or or physics almost, which it, obviously it doesn't defy physics because there, there'll be an explanation because it will be things like water, like transient water movement and stuff. But yeah, it's madness really. Like people shouldn't really can compare their own weight loss to other people because just everyone's just so so different in how the body works and reacts. Yeah, it, does yeah. Make, it makes coaching harder because obviously you do have to start worrying about those types of things and how it psychologically affects people. You sometimes have to make changes in diet habits and nutritional habits based on stuff like that and a lot of them comes to guesswork because you're thinking you're hoping that you're right in terms of this happened because of this or you know you almost have to trust someone's in a carry deficit when they're not losing weight and you think well they're doing all the right things they're doing mm-hmm. everything i think and they're not the scale's not going down like what the fuck and it, obviously you just think they should be losing weight by now but they're not and sometimes it is just trust isn't it you just trust the process and i think that's what people should be doing just trusting that at, like reevaluate yourself are you doing all the things you're supposed to be doing whether it's obviously self-taught or how you've been coached or whatever and if that's the case the likelihood is you probably just have to trust the process a bit longer yeah yeah um and it's a case of yeah an educated guess or they're lying to you or that yeah i mean this is why i said those people have to look at themselves and really evaluate on terms of am i doing what i'm supposed to be doing because often that might not be the case if not losing weight then that, that after a certain amount of time then that kind of says, well, if you're not losing weight after two, three, four weeks, you're either at a plateau and then you do need to make some adjustments or you're not really eating as you expect and you're not in a calorie deficit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you, have to, you have to be true to yourself as well. You do. Um, this week, I went down to Tunbridge Wells. I was just about to ask you about oh, this. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, what, Why did you go down to Tunbridge Wells? I just love the south. It's not really south coast, but I just love that side of um, the country, the south. It's more southeast than me. I have to go south, well, actually down to London, across the M25 and over the over the bridge and out the other side. Um, 
So yeah, no, I went down there to see um, Joe Passy and uh, Simon Passy wasn't there, but those two own a small, uh, I don't think they'll mind me calling it small, because it is small, but a small facility down there called the Results Academy. Um, so basically they run like a small gym, um, a, a gym set up in a in a, um, a unit, probably the best way to describe it. Nice little set up, some really good equipment, brilliant community, uh, the people down there are great. But they asked me down, to, or asked us really, but obviously you didn't go, Edward, um, to, do, to do a little... Sp- Although they could have done themselves, do a little talk about nutrition to their gym members. Yeah, no, it's a really nice thing. And I think you're seeing it more and more with the private gyms and stuff, putting on things like this for the members. And um, just, if anything, it's going to help. But well, obviously, it's going to help their their results and stuff, which only makes their gym look better if people are improving more. So, um, yeah, no, it's a really, really good little thing. And I've definitely seen a lot more gyms do it because there's a, a woman who... I know from hockey, and she's just gotten to nutrition. She's just enrolled on MNU this last intake, I think. Um, and she's ended up doing like two or three over the kind of Christmas period. And um, and they're all kind of gyms up around sort of where I am sort of thing, Manchester way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's they're definitely becoming increasing in popularity, which is really, really cool. Yeah, well, we've done a few, haven't we? And obviously, we've done a few mm. of the corporate talks as well, so kind of corporate wellness, those types of things. And I, in the gym setting especially, they just add extra value, I think, to a lot of people's services. So if you own a gym, and obviously people pay membership and they kind of use the gym, they get their class and stuff, sometimes just adding another dynamic of things like talks and knowledge knowledge and education stuff that people can then kind of add. Because especially the type of gym goers going to a gym, they're going there and exercising, but they may not be seeing the results or they might be undermining the results again because they're not really looking after the nutrition side. And what we know is that, especially for weight loss people, which... I would say the majority of people go to gyms probably are weight loss. It might be an assumption and will differ obviously gym to gym and location, that type of stuff. But you would say most people going to gym nowadays, the majority are for kind of weight loss. That is hugely important and they don't take, they probably don't do enough or pay enough attention to their nutrition and that would be what would get them the majority of the results that they would be after. So as I say, offering that type of service and trying to help educate people and keep an eye on that side will add value to the, the actual individual members themselves. But like you also said, makes the gym look really good because they start getting better results and the people there, and they start telling their friends how good it is and then you get more referrals and everything else. So it was nice to, to go down there. Like I say, it was really cool facility. And one thing I just wanted to kind of shout out really is how good like the little community was. I mean, there's only a dozen, 15 people there, I think. Um, I say only, you know, it's still, still not a decent amount of people to turn up and listen to me speak. There's probably more listeners than we have, let's be honest. <laughs> collectively but, over all yeah, collectively episodes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they just, you know, those 12, 15 people there today just gave me a really good idea of the type of facility that he's running and, and how they're, like, Joe themselves, are re- Joe and Sai, really pushing, like, the community aspect. And I think it's such an underrated method or kind of tool people can use to improve adherence for, like, exercise, and diet as well just basically aligning yourself in a community and and basically getting a level of support from other people i think it's just really underrated and that was really nice to see i'm not gonna lie it was was good to go see i think it's it's nice having gym owners that care and that aren't either completely absent from the gym or just you know they're just there to to make money um and to have Mm. their own gym like i think a lot of people kind of have their own setups for that um so it's nice when you get the guys that really care and and just want everybody to improve and have a fun time and yeah. i mean it, it's, it's interesting because joe, joe could have easily have done a talk like that himself you know he didn't need us to go do it but 
he cares about his members that much that he wanted to provide like an outside voice to basically mm-hmm. get them the most they can because it's basically a case of it just need the, even though he'd have been given the same messages he knew it'd be more efficacious to be coming from someone else purely because someone's more likely to listen to someone they don't know because they see it as an authority rather than him yeah definitely yeah and i think unless like you've got somebody at your gym who's a trainer there or whatever who has got a really good reputation for something like say you have a you know a world record powerlifter or something that like who managed happens to be a pt at your gym unless you've got something like that i think like just seeing the same voice or whatever um it, it can just uh, you don't pay attention to it do you so um it's, yeah. a, bit like, it's a bit like when you try to take advice from family members same sort of principle yeah or, like, yeah. or, or if you try and give advice to family members they just don't pay attention because they don't, they don't see you as an authority despite you potentially being one mm-hmm. yeah no 100 percent. yeah and i've definitely i've had it work and i've had it not with the family um so yeah. but yeah, yeah. What, what was interesting though is as well um we kind of live in our own little fitness space our own little fitness bubbles and i've kind of talked about with other people in the industry and like friends and stuff about oh you know it's really hard to come up with content sometimes and really hard to think about the types of information you want to be putting out because you know everyone knows it all now and it's all boring it's the same stuff getting repeated because we see the same people post the same things over and over again or you see the same new recruits from places like m and so like repeating the same stuff where you think oh this is a bit boring now i wonder like how bored the, the actual audiences are but then I go to something like this and that always reminds me that I forget the audiences are not the same as like the people that I kind of associate myself with my own circles. And I remind, and I, I kind of forget that people still don't know a lot of the stuff that we see as the absolute bare basics, even mm-hmm. even when it comes down to like calories and macros. It was interesting to just kind of just check myself really and think, oh, actually, people still don't know this stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you, you hear, like we took the piss a lot last week about the – um the sort of like fad new year fad things like the lollipops and all that sort of stuff and the jade eggs yeah yeah um i'm losing weight honest that's why i've got a man <laughs> 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 um that's my excuse uh, uh so not to put uh, in your bum hole are you not hmm. well, so good. But <laughs> seriously it's gone too far already um i lost one is that a bad thing uh, probably i'd get to hospital <laughs> Um, I, I have no idea where I was going now. Um, uh, yeah, okay, don't worry about that. Completely gone. It was that important. I got. Disrupted by I was block. just saying that people. It's surprising that people still don't know things like calories, macros. You know, some of the popular or common myths, I should say, that we mm. we think are common knowledge now that people know they're myths, but they're obviously not. Because some of the things that came up, were like um, most people knew what a calorie was, and I guess they probably would because Joe, you know he would be giving them all the right information as i say he'll suffer from element of that they won't necessarily listen to him all the time because you know he's their you know their friend as well as obviously the gym owner and stuff and um you know what it's like it's, you know, we just talk about the family just people don't listen so but they knew what calorie was most of them kind of had a rough idea about you know or heard of like macronutrients what they are but no one really knew why you know how many they're supposed to be eating that type of thing um, and you kind of just think nowadays that most well, most people know what protein does and you know why you should be eating protein or surely like everyone understands that carbohydrates are a really good energy source and shouldn't be something that is feared and they don't necessarily like directly cause weight loss but actually some of the quest- questions that came up during um during through it and then some of the stuff that i covered at the end of a myth busting 
it was surprising that people still believe things like carbohydrates make you fat. Yeah, yeah, and I think potentially if they don't follow nutrition things like I bet most people who are listening to this now, um, obviously they've either unless this is their absolute first episode and they've just stumbled upon us, you know, they're on a they typed in nutrition in iTunes or whatever and they've come across us. If you've been following us for a little while and you've seen bits on Facebook or you've seen, you know, other ep- or heard other episodes and stuff, you, you will be aware of these things a bit more. Especially like kind of the you know the hardcore audience that's listened to all the hundred and whatever episodes we've we we're kind of through now. Uh which I think there are one or two people who have listened all the way through, which is pretty cool. Um They'll obviously know all this as you know as much as what we do, and they're kind of like, oh yeah, same message again. But I think you get that many new people coming in and dipping out and like you know dipping their toe in. Um, but if you think of how many millions and billions, well, millions there are in the UK, how many billions there are across the world, that's a lot of people. And are all those people actually into nutrition? Do they actually listen to anything that's not in their kind of mainstream media that they're looking at? So if it's not on Lad Bible for some people, they'll have never heard of it. If it's not on BBC News, they'll have never heard it um so yeah so there's a lot a lot of people that just don't that aren't switched on to this sort of thing and even though everybody eats food every single day um and if they don't then obviously they're not going to be listening to this because they're dead um so um but then they don't know the like the absolute basics like it's a bit like people who i suppose drive cars every day and you know they don't even know that the car's got four wheels um well you'd kind of hope they'd know that but yeah, this. Yeah, I hope you get my point. I I think I get your point. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought obviously we were going to talk about some of the myths that come across, which we we can obviously mention and stuff. But I didn't think it'd be really relevant because most people, like you say, has been listening will probably know that they're myths or what isn't. But I just thought it'd be more interesting to talk about the fact that they that these things still ride around in these you know in the fitness sphere or in the gem pop sphere when you think that they're not. Some of the other ones that come out was like artificial sweeteners and the fact that one, they, they cause cancer and two, um, they can still make you fat. Yeah, it's a, it's a, artificial sweeteners are a real funny one because there's that, there's that many stories and stigmas circling around them and we can kind of not categorically say they're okay but there's no evidence to say they're not. Um but because they're still quite a new, even though they've been around for ages, they're still quite a new thing. So yes, there's some research on it, but all the research is leading to them being okay and you know not really having any adverse side effects. We don't know about sort of teeth and teeth enamel and that sort of thing, but because um, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they still can rot your teeth and stuff. But all right, the, the research isn't huge, huge there. Um, but in terms of well, what we know, what can I can I ask if you've looked into the Journal of Dental? Hygiene. I made that journal up. I don't know if it's a natural journal. <laughs> but to 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 look at the effect of artificial sweeteners on teeth enamel. I I I'm going to look now. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I would say that artificial sweeteners are perfectly fine for your tooth enamel. I'm going to go on a limb to say that. What I'm I'm not yeah. going to say is are diet drinks that contain artificial sweeteners all right for your tooth enamel? Because I guess that you know we're talking about other acidic compounds in mm-hmm. yeah fizzy, exactly fizzy drinks and. And, and quite often they're in things or accompanied and stuff that the, the other stuff's probably not brilliant, but the actual sweetener itself is, you know, the, the, there is nothing saying, there's no red flags there, there's nothing saying this potentially could be harmful. Um, uh, the, will the, a study come out? 
20 years time saying that everything was wrong maybe who knows but you know can't think, can't like that. no absolutely the, like the amount of research we've got out there on artificial sweeteners there is a lot of it and you're right it hasn't shown any um detriment to health in human beings the one study everyone references is the study in rats which mm-hmm. is obviously so far removed from real world applicability in terms of how much the you know the dosages how it was administered the fact that it's in rats and not humans that it literally makes it worthless so there are no other studies applicable to humans that that actually shows like detriment to health um as you say who knows if anything else will come out in the future about it but at the minute it seemed at worst health neutral um for some people it might actually help because it might help people adhere to diets because yeah it's some sweet it might make you you know it might curb some cravings if you desperately have something sweet. So the only caveat is most people um, might be thinking about, oh, actually, no, I say most people. Some people might be thinking, but what about my gut health? Because I've heard artificial sweetness is bad for your gut. There are there are some negatives. No, I don't even negative, actually. There's some research that shows it affects gut biota and gut bacteria. However, I don't think anyone can attribute to say if that's necessarily a negative or positive or neutral thing again. And I think a bit of what you said is the experts that are out there and there are very few of them in gut health if Mm. any because i think even the people that we would deem as experts would never call themselves an expert because the research is just not there and we just need to look into it way way more but even those are saying well we don't really know and we probably still need to do a lot more and maybe in five ten years time or if it takes that long i don't know we might know more but at the minute again maybe you should be moderate with your consumption because potentially it could affect, affect things like gut health but other than that artificial sweeteners i think yeah. unless you're doing something crazy um probably not something to worry about i was just going to go on to a little tangent although it's linked is because one of the things i kept finding myself coming back to during the talk was extremes and we were talking every single kind of concept or ideology or kind of thing we were talked about within nutrition i was kind of trying to imply the point to people that generally in nutrition when people are reporting on or talking about like an extreme approach usually it's probably not optimal or it's just damn right incorrect for most like at either end of the spectrum for most things in nutrition somewhere down the middle and this probably goes for like walks of life really isn't it but that's usually the way to go like no one's saying oh you should never drink artificial drinks because they're terrible for you or some people are but um those people are definitely not right and but on the same breath, no one is saying, yeah, artificial sweeteners are brilliant, man. Drink 14,000 litres a day. Because, again, that's probably not going to be... And if you are drinking 14,000 litres a day, you're probably going to be dead anyway. <laughs> but from from hyponatremia or, or some other form of, you know, just maybe just drowning, full stop. Yeah, just than, drown yourself, yeah. Yeah, you just can't breathe because you drink so much. Um, I wonder if you could actually, like, if it was, you know, you had a hose pipe in your mouth or whatever and it just kept being slowly fed in enough so you could swallow it and keep going, whether you could actually drink that much in a day. What, 14,000 litres? Yeah. No, you'd die. Well, but I wonder if it could, like, pass through, even if you were dead, maybe. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think you could pee out quick enough. It'd, it'd fuck up your sodium levels again, and you'd well, end up getting water in your yeah. brain and die of hypotremia. That's what would definitely happen. The... Um... Maybe we should do some study, Alex. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe we probably wouldn't get ethical sign-off. <laughs> but, I was just thinking of doing it in the garage. We, yeah, not, not an actual study. Just <laughs> talking about murdering my fiance. Oh, she's not even my fiance yet. She, no. Was I not supposed to tell people? 
Don't, don't start rumours. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, what else did this come up? So, um, oh, I've just been, oh yeah, so even things like protein. We talk about protein and someone asked the question, Does is it true that not all of the protein that you consume is absorbed if you basically eat too much of it, i.e. Mm-hmm. you know, you just pee it out? Or no, I can't remember what word they used. I don't know if it was pee it out or whether you... Maybe Excrete- something like, I don't know if it's even excreted, but I can't remember what, what... I think it was pee it out, maybe. I don't know. But, again, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Well, I, that's the sort of thing where you think those sort of myths are now been and gone, and clearly they're not. People are still asking those questions. I was taught that on a nutrition course, one that begins with B and ends in N, um, fill in the missing letter. I was taught that on a course. Yeah, that was the thing. You pee out the, um, yeah, pee out, pee out basically any excess. It makes it sound like you're going to pee out chicken breasts. It? it does. Maybe you would. <laughs> and I, get, I guess there is an increase in urea output. And obviously, you're breaking down amino acids and it goes in the urea cycle, and you pee out more urea the more protein you eat. It's also why people that eat lots of protein stink a little bit of wee. Yeah, I think that's kind of where it's come from, isn't it? It's just one of those things that's been a bit Chinese whispered. Yeah. Uh, plus, and, plus, yeah. plus, it get it gets kind of like convolu- convoluted, no, con- conflated. That's the word I'm looking for. Conflated with the whole leucine threshold as well. So people said, oh, you know, if you eat any more than 30, 40 grams, then the protein's wasted. Cause and obviously that then gets conflated with the fact that, you know, we're peeing out stuff. It's like, well, actually, yeah, no, yeah. it's not wasted if you're consuming more than 30 40 grams of protein is sitting your body still digests every single gram it has and it still puts to use every single gram it has but only maybe a certain amount gets used for what you would consider muscle building because only a certain amount of leucine can stimulate or can, can stimulate muscle protein synthesis like maximally almost effectively yeah 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 and, and then, then people mix the two two points up basically yeah yeah and the rest is put to good use doing other things as well you know like the nitrogen that's used and spots stored in the liver and and, and such and and then that's used for, for for many other sort of things and um so yeah so you, your body's not wasting it it's just using everything it can um yeah, yeah. So i think what else was there i mean there wasn't too much i mean i certainly don't want to be be kind of dis- dissing or um kind of talking down at, at that people that are asking these questions in the talk because that's exactly why we're there and we're trying to help people kind of look, look past these myths but as, as i said it's probably more me really just kind of not aligning my um or, or not knowing my i don't know if it's they not knowing my audience i don't know basically I, I i'm i'm just still unaware sometimes and i underestimate the, the you know the knowledge levels of people and and how much you know crap information there is out there because the reason for the, or, all people are so confused is because there is just so much information out there and so much shit out there if you don't have some formal qualifications or you don't kind of know the right people, it's really hard to decipher what's right and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because you, you could listen to us saying that and then you could listen to somebody else saying something slightly different and then somebody else saying something slightly different and then you're just like, oh, this is three people who I thought that I knew, I thought that they knew what they were talking about and yet they're all saying slightly different things. Um, and even though they're kind of like all trying to get to the same roundabout point, most likely, um there could just be different methods or just you know different ways of explaining things or different understanding levels um which then could confuse the 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 viewer and um and confuse them even more um so yeah Mm -hmm. that was it that was all really wanted to kind of talk about i just thought it's interesting that you know these things still exist 
And I don't think I don't think it'll ever leave. I think they'll always exist. While there's always zealots that believe certain stuff that have no evidence around it, I mean, like you know, the fact that carbs cause cause putting on or, or overweight or like I speak cars carbs cause obesity. It's basically what I'm trying to say. Forgive me, it's late or something. But then so do fats though as well. So so do fats, yeah. yeah. Maybe food causes obesity. Maybe, yeah, and overeating. Although you never hear of protein. Oh yeah, well if you have too much protein, you're going to get fat. You never hear that, do you? Mm. No, not really. In fact, you usually hear the opposite. Yeah. That you can never get fat from eating protein, which again is also not correct. If you ate 4,000 calories of protein, you're going to get fat. Probably. It would be harder than eating 4,000 calories of carbohydrates or fat. Mm-hmm. But yes. purely because of the process involved to turn that protein to energy and then excess energy to body fat. However... You can still get fat. One thing easy as well. Oh, sorry, easy. One thing people would miss in that type of example is you're never going to only be able to eat protein. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ate four thousand calories of protein, um, you're also going to be eating some calories of fat and carbohydrate too. So because you're in an excess of energy, those fat and carbohydrates would automatically be stored because you're over and above your requirements, what you need for energy. So they would immediately be stored. So that's kind of where like people says, oh, well, you can't get fat in protein. Yeah, but instead all you're doing is shifting the, your carbohydrates and fat up to being stored instead of being used for other processes because, well, not, I mean, obviously that's a really reductionist and simple view on it, but that does happen. So you might it might be very much harder to get fat on eating high amounts of protein, but it can very easily take you out of a deficit. I think also exactly what you've sort of just done there and said about an example of something or you know like a comment about a, a chain of events and people can take that chain of oh well that's they take part of that and then they kind of latch onto that and then and that becomes their belief and then it kind of slightly becomes misconstrued so like you saying that you know if, if i clipped up this episode and said right here's brett saying that carbs can make you fat because you've eaten four thousand calories worth of protein and there was 100 grams of carbs amongst that protein and um that's then been stored as, as fat i think people hear that and then go oh my god so that means carbs are bad for you then if you're eating a lot of protein okay so i won't eat carbs because that's going to make me fat it's like no, no no you're just taking that completely out of concept and and yeah and i think a lot of people tend to do that um, and I know I've definitely done it like way, way, way back when I very, very, very first started in nutrition and I would hear things and it was always the, um, uh, when people say about, uh, like if you, oh, what was it now? It was like, uh, digesting basic carbs and carbs and fats and stuff and just saying that you, you carbs are potentially going to be prioritized in the digestion. Um, and then any fats that aren't needed would then be stored. Um, so then if you're in a calorie surplus then those fats are going to be um stored as fat and uh, and then you become fat from it um and i remember taking that on board and thinking right okay well if you just didn't eat much fat then then that would never happen <laughs> but then sort of forgetting that you know if you've eaten four thousand calories worth of carbs and protein then it's still going to happen anyway if your maintenance levels you know two thousand five hundred yeah because so, your body can process other substrates into adipose tissue yeah, exactly, exactly, and I think that's something that a lot of people sort of forget. And um, but yeah, it was just just something I was thinking then when you were saying like I know I've done it, and so if I've done it, loads of people have done it, and they've taken a you know a comment and taken a snippet of a of a point, and then taken that from that context and tried to apply it to lots of contexts, 
and that's how you can very easily confuse things and start rumours and, and stuff. So, yeah. Shall we do a couple more emergency questions before we sign off for the night? I think so. You know the deal. A number between 1,000 and 1? One. 3. Ooh, I was going to say, I bet you start with a 4. Cause I think you have it in every other one we've done so far. You want literally number 3. 3. I think the first ones aren't pretty great, but we'll go with it. As in the, literally the first few. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. Good. All right. Have you? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. But interesting fact for the art for after the question has been answered. Ghosts do not exist. Anyone who says they've seen one is thus mentally imbalanced. <laughs> I would say that's true because it reminds me of a story of someone I used to work with who was she was a woman who told me or a girl who told me that a ghost used to stroke her hair in the night time. Yeah. And I remember. And I remember this story vividly um, because. I often get reminded, well, I'll say not, anyway, I get reminded by it quite often by another guy at work because he said he heard over, or heard said conversation and told me that he was pissing himself because I turned around and said, look, really sorry, but um, as much as you say all this stuff, I just don't believe you. Yeah, Because yeah. I just don't believe in ghosts. So there'll be a logical explanation for why you think that. And he said he was wetting himself how I just shut her down. <laughs> now, there is some context there. She is basically a girl who cries wolf and often comes up with these types of stories and it gets a bit much after a point where you're like I just can't like yeah, I can't constantly. entertain this anymore like it's got to a point where I just don't want to be involved in it <laughs> that, that was the moment where she started telling me that a ghost was stroking her hair potentially <sighs> potentially she's either imagining it or she's got her eyes closed and she's like it's a ghost it's a ghost and her dad was grooming her well she, oh no, her dad, her dad definitely wasn't grooming her because she lived alone and I think her dad... Oh, okay. Somebody, some, somebody was breaking into that house. Perhaps. And... She would tell you that probably anyway. Like, there have mm. been many stories worse than, than that where you think, this is unbelievable, this is not true, surely. But um, she also said about this story about the ghost is she had to get her auntie down to do some sort of seance or, um, I don't know, some witch doctory stuff to get rid of the ghost. And now it's magically gone. And now it's magically gone. Yeah. Um, shall uh, we... Just on, on, on that, do you listen to the Biceps and Banter podcast? Um, I don't, although I feel bad saying that because I should do. Bear in mind, they are friends. but So it is, they don't do anything about nutrition. It is, it's quite funny. It's like half an hour and they basically do like, they talk about random news stories, mm-hmm. um, like really, really weird ones. And one of the news stories uh, was that a burglar was caught in somebody's house sucking their toes like talking the, the the people who live there's toes and they got caught obviously woke up and yeah. This on is Christmas the, this Eve. is this is the sort of thing that would happen to that girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, she, she she is a bit too open sometimes and she's met, told many stories about Tinder dates or that type of stuff where very, very, very weird things have apparently happened. And they're probably all fantasy. I would I would guess that is the case, but you know, we aren't her, so don't actually know. Do you want to get another number going? Uh, 245 245 if you could have all your teeth replaced by psychic orbs that could tell you all future events by telepathy but would scream at a high pitched volume every time you opened your mouth would you go ahead with the teeth replacement operation no that's just weird it's a very weird question (laughs) Uh, so basically you could tell all future events by telepathy but would scream at a high-pitched volume every time you opened your mouth. Ah! That kind of thing. 
That's like some weird like horror film, you, budget horror film. Have you ever seen or heard of the comic Salad Fingers? Yes, of course. Yeah. Oh my days, it's amazing. It's exactly the sort of thing I would expect from that. I like rusty spoons. <laughs> I, I I like to touch them. The feeling of rust against my salad fingers is almost <laughs> orgasmic. God, it's 2004 that came out. That's outrageous. Uh, is that? Oh, wow. there, there was a thing that came about uh, mid last year, maybe, saying they were going to try and like remake it. Or I something. heard they were doing a new season, or they have done. Yeah. Rusty spoons. <laughs> I like to touch them. <laughs> the feeling of rust against my salad fingers is almost orgasmic. <laughs> that's uh, that's just a recording of Johnny in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, I thought my impression was actually quite good. It's quite <laughs> yeah, that was good. There's, there's, uh, there's did this you little... have used to watch Angry Kid? Yes, that, that that was good as well. Was that? Um... Oh, who created that? I can't remember. Who it was. I don't know. I I don't. I wouldn't be able to tell you who created it. I'll be honest. I I when I say used to watch, that's probably a bit of a, a misleading statement. I've seen it and you know. know of it rather than I really used to watch it. Okay, no, that was that was funny. You have to uh, YouTube Angry Kid. It is funny. Yeah. Well, on that note. I would bid you adieu. Um, I don't know if that's the right phrase. Bear in mind, we've just left Europe. Maybe, that's, maybe I should not have said that, and I should have used no. the used the mother's tongue. Um, yeah. You know, use the Queen's English. Otherwise, I might be told to get out of our fucking country, like the rest of the racist xenophobes. You'll be, be deported. Have you seen the? Um... Yes. What? I don't know. Go on, tell me. Is it going to be about the theatre? Uh, you're going to have like, read my mind then. No. Um, have you seen the fake award for Katie Hopkins? Yes. The, have the, you seen the video? Uh, I've seen bits of it. I, I don't watch the oh, okay. thing. I saw her. I saw basically the only bit I've seen is her acceptance on and about how she doesn't usually get awards. Right. Okay. Well, so it's about a ten minute video, and it's the guy who. Uh, does the stag do like the really posh stag do? Is like, oh yes, I saw ever John to stag do. Uh-huh. That guy with the big blonde hair looks a bit like a young Boris Johnson. You'll have seen his video, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Um, so it's him and a, and a South African guy, and basically they teamed up to prank Katie Hopkins with this fake award. But the vid- so the video goes through all the kind of the pre and everything, and then obviously there's the words cunt behind her when she's accepting the award. Um, but they put uh, about a minute's worth of snippets of her acceptance speech, and it is outrageous. Like, the most racist, homophobic thing you have ever... Like, obviously, she thinks she's in a private room full of like-minded individuals, so she does not, like, at all, like, hold back... Um, and they just put like basically the worst snippets up, um, and it's it's worth a watch just to like, how outrageous it is. Yeah, well, I've seen say tiny little bits, but I, mm. uh, maybe I'll try and revisit that. Yeah, um, I thought you were going to say about this uh, letter that's circulating on social media uh, that was put up in one of the uh, like a tower block, um, basically telling Polish people to stop speaking um, their their native tongue in this building and instead should be using obviously the Queen's English because we you know we've now got our country back. Oh wow! Yeah, um, yeah. turns out that that was from Norwich. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I know the I know, in your house, <laughs> yeah, the the building that they that it happened in is quite a notorious building. It's a massive uh, council tower block, like you know, like, f- like fifty stories high one, like kind of yeah. sort of thing you'd see in like Brixton or like somewhere 
yeah basically yeah. just a really big like projects building and um yeah i thought how lovely how lovely it to be from my hometown <laughs> you know, nice yeah, yeah i think just... we'll get we'll, we'll get a bit of it i think yeah um well there's been a lot of it since the referendum unfortunately it's just been on the rise um and having an openly racist homophobic islamophobic um xenophobic uh prime minister i don't think it's really going to help but there we go that's another conversation for another matter it has been fun um don't forget to buy your cheese in an N10. Go on, get a discount in. They got, I've had a load of spreaders this week, and they are delightful. Chicken spreader on toast um, is absolutely lovely. Today I had what did I have salmon spreader, like a smoked salmon pate almost on bagels with scrambled egg and a bit of hot sauce. That was delicious. Nice. Is the chicken one a bit like a chicken liver pate type thing? It is. So yeah. it's described as chicken pate, but it is using livers exactly right. that so yeah. it's very much like a, a like a liver pate um yeah. lovely a whole pot of it which you know a decent sized pot way more than i could spread on two like basically i did spread it on two bits of bread or two bits of toast but it was like proper piled high because it was way too much really for two bits of bread i should have like either three or four bits but dieting hashtag dieting but like whole pots at 160 calories or something in like 25 right. grams of protein so it's good easy to include in a dieter's diet and if you want something that's you know doesn't feel like you're dieting. That's one of them. The cheese is another, obviously. But yeah, no, they're doing some good project, uh, products now. They are. They very yeah. much are. So I thought I'd shout them out because we haven't spoke to them, spoke, spoke to them, spoke about them too often. Excuse me. Yeah, no, it's good. So it's good. Maybe it'd be good to get the, uh, what's his name, back on the guy who created George. it. George, 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 um, and speak about kind of like the future of food and the future of kind of protein, high, well, high protein foods and stuff, and just mm. sort of see not not to get the idea of you know all the things they're going to create, but just kind of see where he sort of sees the market going, and obviously he speaks to like minded companies and stuff. Mm. Which, yeah, could be interesting. Yeah, that's the one. Th- I've got another topic lined up for with a couple of uh, returning guests. They've both been on, but not together. Um, which I'm not going to give too much away, but we should be talking about. Um, I don't know what the topic. How you really describe it? But it's. Um, let me find out what words they use. So I don't butcher it. Where are we going? We've got something along the lines of. Um, oh, actually, no. Maybe they didn't use it. Well, so, essentially, we're going to be talking about. So obviously, there there is this idea of. Um, glucose toxicity and basically having too much sugar causing toxicity in the cells and creating insulin resistance now there's also a theory around just basically um too much energy toxicity and this is kind of something popularized or hypothesized by one stefan guinea so that we've got a couple of people coming on to basically argue that out that could be interesting okay yeah yeah no it'd be good yeah interesting indeed yes. so got some good good guests good ideas lined up so they're not all as thrown together as this episode Very boring on that note nearly hit an hour we're going to say we're going to bid you adieu now like i said and i'll feed the same yeah goodbye good night thanks for listening to the no nonsense nutrition podcast we'll speak to you all next week <laughs>